For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Ladies Talking Leafs patio season. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. Wow, yes, we're officially into summer now. Um, it's Monday when we're recording this podcast, uh, July the 4th. Happy 4th of July to our U.S. listeners and um, social media followers. And we're in full patio season mode. But when it comes to the NHL and the Leafs, it's just the start of a very busy offseason. Before we get into the hockey talk, we want to get into uh Actually, we want to thank a couple of our supporters. Yes. So we want to give a shout out and a big thank you to Paul Baker and Marlene Prosser for supporting us and buying us a coffee. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Both Paul and yes, both, both, both Paul and Marlene follow us on social media and they listen to the show. And we thank them for making a donation on our Kofi page. Uh, every donation, as we said, is put towards producing a better show for you. So thank you guys. Thank you so much uh, for for listening and buying us that coffee. Yeah, yeah, no, it's huge for us. And because um, we are a two woman show. And yeah, for our listeners there out there, uh, please visit and follow our Kofi page. If you haven't already, you can find us at Kofi slash LTL 1917. It's uh, KO-FI slash LTL 1917. And check out our photo gallery there. Uh, we have pictures from, I guess, from the whole season, this past season and from years past uh, at Maple Leaf Gardens. We have some of our personal photos there. And if you can, buy us a coffee. So uh, now we're going to move on a bit to a bit of a sad note. Uh, we just want to take a minute to send our condolences to the family and friends of Jim Pappen, who passed away um, this past week. Uh, Jim Pappen scored the game-winning goal in the Leafs' 1967 Stanley Cup win, and he was named number 89 on the Leafs' top 100 for the team's centennial anniversary in 2016. So, um, yeah, not too many, not too many players left from 67 and, um, and it's important. We always, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, uh, know that, uh, we always like to, I guess, focus on the history of, of our great franchise too, and remember, um, the great players of our team. Mm -hmm. And it's been a, a tough year for the NHL that way. I've got to say, uh, losing quite a lot of quite a few greats over this uh, last little stretch. So, yeah. so uh, definitely uh, condolences to, to the family of Jim Pappen. So before we get into the show, we also want to congratulate the Colorado Avalanche on winning the 2022 Stanley Cup. <laughs> so good on the Avs yes. for uh, yeah. putting uh, Tampa Bay to bed. Yeah. Yeah, we were, well, I think, I know I was definitely happy for, well, you are too, I know, for Naz, basically, yes. for Kadri. I am. Um, <laughs> I, don't I am. I'm, I'm happy for the whole, for the whole team. Like, yeah. It was actually, you know, uh, it's funny. I was thinking to myself that we said after the Leafs got, uh, you know, bounced in the first round that we weren't going to watch, but, you know, slowly but surely the hockey creeped back into my life. And of course, I did watch the whole final. Yeah. Um, it, it was great hockey to watch, but it did also make me kind of, you know, even more disappointed in a way because I was just couldn't stop thinking about how incredible a Leafs Avs uh, final would have been. But maybe maybe we have to wait for next season for that one. Yeah. But also on that, didn't you think it kind of made me a little bit concerned? I just thought when you looked at the injuries that those players on both teams played with, I don't know. Yeah, it true. just made me think like, does our team have that kind of will or 
I, I do don't know. think that if push came to shove and they got over that that hump, yeah. that they would they would they would deal with it. And and I do think that they already were dealing with it. And we just don't know um, some of that background. But yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that if it came down to it, mm-hmm. especially if we totally got to play our game, which would have, which we would have against the Avs for sure, because they basically play like us. Like, so, and I know that we had so many good results, like just watching highlights over the past few days, um, you know, getting ready for this show. Uh, we had so many good results against the Avalanche this season, you know, yeah, really good. No, we, those games were really good. Yeah, no, they were. I, I don't know. I just think of like, you know, I guess like, Gabriel Landeskog and like Steven mm-hmm. Stamkos, they're like blocking shots and mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and well, just we playing, definitely need more of that playing different roles too, sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like they're not always in their same position. Let's just say some of the players and just, um, you know, like, I don't know who had the mangled finger, I guess, Brian McDonough, like playing with mm-hmm. that. Like, I don't know if I see, um, like William Nylander playing with a mangled finger. I I don't know. I don't know that I can see that in him or I can see it in, in Mitch and in Austin Matthews. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, even like, I don't know if I see John Tavares changing his game to block that shot sort of thing. Right. When it comes to it, maybe it does because you have to go through, I guess it's because we haven't, we haven't gotten past yeah. the first round, right? You have to, because there, you know, yeah, yeah. that's, that's that. Yeah. And Colorado has had some pretty darn disappointing exits up until just before this year also. Yeah. So there, that's part of the learning. And I know you don't like to talk about learning or learning needs to be done, but, <laughs> yeah. but that is some of the stuff that you need to go through, Yeah. I think. And until you actually get there, I don't, I don't really think even they know what they're made out of yet. To yeah. tell you the truth. What did you think of uh, Naz's, uh, I guess, two things for Naz? I knew you were going to bring this up. The two. Anyways, go ahead. Yes, the, his comment, obviously, the first one mm-hmm. saying that for everyone that thought he was a liability in the playoffs, you can kiss yeah. my ass. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, but I think that, you know, you could also beg the question is that is, is he the man that he is today? Is he the player that showed up this season without going through those things and without being called out that way? Yeah, I you know, you can't you can't look at these things in a vacuum, like honestly. Um, and he's yeah, he's so being good used. for him for being able to say it. But yeah. he's been, that's just that's his personality, obviously coming out yeah, that way. That's the way he always is. He, he plays yeah. and, and has the chip on his shoulder and everything. But, mm-hmm. um, but I just think too, like it's a totally different team and the way he's being used as well. Sort of thing, as mm-hmm. opposed to the times when he was with the Leafs and got the two suspend or three suspensions. Well, I guess, this right? is the thing so, is that like anybody, like anybody who is a NAS, um, you know, supporter, yeah. um, you got to realize that if you really love the guy as much as you do, he's better off there than he would ever have been on our team. He would never have had this, the same opportunity here. It's just, wasn't a good fit anymore uh, as soon as they signed JT. So, um, and then what about uh, it is, but good for him. Yeah. But what about the, I love the t-shirt. Don't you love that t-shirt? The too many men t-shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. No, I, I, there was a lot of good stories and it was really fun series to watch and I was happy for Tampa to go down. Yeah. Yeah. But Uh, remind me later on when we talk about Austin Matthews about a t-shirt, I want to, I want to tell you something that I forgot to tell you before. Anyhow, (laughs) that's about Austin Matthews. (laughs) So, so, so. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get in. So basically we're getting into the show proper now. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about. So of course, we're going to open up with a little bit more leaf talk since we're already kind of heading down that road. Um, And we have a very special patio season edition of the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel, where we're going to honor a very special player. And in our third period segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the women making strides in, in getting more prominent roles within the NHL. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Okay, so yeah, there's been a little bit of uh, Leaf talk uh, around, I guess, and updates uh, leading up. We're leading into the NHL draft this coming Thursday and Friday, uh, July 7th and 8th. And um, 
Yeah, so far, the Leafs, I think they had this in their back pocket, Kyle Dubas, because it was like the day after the final was over, the Stanley Cup final was over, and they announced that Timothy Lilligren has been signed to a two-year contract extension. And and they basically confirmed also that Ilya Mikheyev won't be a Leaf next season. So um, they did this by basically notifying teams that uh, the the rights to Mikheyev are available if a team wants to get in early to try and sign Ilya Mikheyev, which obviously most teams probably won't do it because unless they're they really love Ilya Mikheyev that much that they want to give up something rather than get him basically for free after um, mm-hmm. on uh, July twelfth. So. Um, yeah, uh, the Lilligren signing, I mean, I don't know, I, I I thought it was a good deal. It's two years at $1.4 million um, per year, and he's he's he was really good with um, with Giordano. And, uh, and like we were saying in that first round, uh, we were wondering why Justin Hall got in. I guess we didn't – I mean, there were a couple of mistakes um, because this was his first – full season in the NHL and obviously mistakes are going to happen but I mean I don't know I found I I was fine with him and I'm fine with the contract and um I guess in his interview too he just he he said he needs to work on the like the physical part of the game a little bit and um but he he felt comfortable as well he said with Giordano and he's looking forward to working with him and getting more uh I guess getting more tips from him too, playing playing with the veteran defensemen. So, um, yeah. But uh, now everyone's saying basically it's Sandine, right? Rasmus Sandine is mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of comparing. But were you okay with the signing of? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I I really thought that that was great, and the fact that they you know locked him up, they got a bit of a raise. Yeah. All that's all that's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting that, it, like you said, the how quiet it has been. And, of course, the Mikheyev part, I don't think any, that's not a surprise to anybody Yeah, um, that he's not coming back. So Yeah, well, he's looking for, well, now they're even saying it's like almost like a bidding war. It's like, apparently, mm-hmm. like he, he's looking for more than $4 million, uh per year. Yeah. Um, and do you think he really deserves that? No, not based on the way we used him as a like third yeah. line player, but there's a but few yeah, teams. Yeah, I guess a, a team, a few. T- there's if you're a team that's kind of thin up front, then yeah, yeah for sure they're gonna could and he has something there. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's always believed Mikheyev has. Um, like he's, I don't know, if we've heard it through the grapevine, anyways. That he said mm-hmm. that he believes he's like a top, maybe like the second line. Um, yeah, top six, top six for sure. Though. Kind of uh, forward. Yeah. So if that's the case, then sure, sort of thing, right? I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of um, somebody was saying it's great on Twitter. Somebody said like he played all all seven games in the playoffs and he got two empty netters. So that makes you a five million dollar mm-hmm. player or four million dollar player. <laughs> it's it's true. But then you look at Hy- yeah. you look at Zach Hyman, and I mean, last year in the playoffs, like what? Hyman got like one or two goals, I think, so everything, and he also mm-hmm. got an empty netter or something like that. But, um, but he did just fine with uh, with Edmonton this past season. So, so yeah. But Zach Hyman though has like a, a much longer NHL resume though than uh, Mikheyev though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. He's he's got some more experience. But I don't know. It, for me, it's more interesting to see this whole Rasmus Sandin um, yeah. thing because I don't know. It just it. When you're, I guess, when you're reading stuff from the in, insiders like Darren Dreger from TSN or Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet, like it seems like he's, I think it's because he's a left shot defenseman again. So he's mm-hmm. with the way it's set up now with the blue line or going into next season, like it's, we have so much on the left side, but not enough on the right. So they're probably saying to him, to Sandine, like you're going to have to play on to flip on your right side, yeah. which he has done apparently, but whether or not he's that comfortable doing that, I don't know mm-hmm. sort of thing. Cause um, he, he played in 51 games this season. Like he hasn't really played a lot um, no. for, on his entry level deal. He's only played 88 games on his entry level mm-hmm. contract. So, I mean, it's not a lot to say that he deserves so much more than what Lilligren got. Um, he definitely has, exactly. he has more upside than Lilligren, but, um, I don't know, but he's only played the 88 games. So 
Um, he can talk to, uh, he is an RFA, so he can talk to other teams as of July the 12th. So, I mean, if this doesn't. Well, and I guess that's a potential, you know, I'm reading a lot about the potential for offer sheets uh, because yeah. uh, we people know that, you know, the Leafs have this cap crunch. So they know that there's going to be certain players that they're not going to be able to match on or that they won't. So, yeah. Um, Hopefully it's not one, it's not somebody like that, but there's potential for that out there too. Yeah. And I really think like they have to move Justin Hall. I don't know. That's my only thing. Cause then Hall. Well that, but the other person that could move to make room for Sandine is, is money potentially. But he, Mm -hmm. he has that no trade cause. Right. So yeah, I don't know if they, if he'll, maybe he'll wave it. Who knows? He'll wave that. Cause he's. Every every season after the playoffs, he seems to be a little bit frustrated with his comments saying we definitely have more to give or it's like sacrifices you need to to make in the playoffs. Like it's like he thinks that we have it, but it just hasn't happened sort of thing. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe I don't know if he still has his house in Los Angeles, because I've heard that rumor too for him to be going back to L.A. possibly mm-hmm. um, to helping them with their young young decor there um mm-hmm. yeah but who knows well i kind of feel like in the next week or two uh we're going to be probably uh getting answers to some of these questions oh, i mean right yeah. now like we're forced to speculate so much because there's just so much so much not coming out of <laughs> yeah of leafland yeah so anyways with with the draft and then also a free agency coming up um which is uh july 13th yeah um, you know, we're probably going to get a lot more news coming out in the next little bit. And if, cause if Dubas is going to make any moves, this is the prime time for that to happen. Yeah. So speaking of free agency in our last show, uh, with, uh, Mike Ogello, we talked a bit about some UFA possibilities and this might be where Kyle Dubas is going to look for answers to fix the Leafs never ending questions in goal or maybe look for a depth forward. Yeah. So what do you think about, you know, the other, um, I guess, topic du jour oh, really is Campbell. Yeah. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? And then what do we do in goal? That just seems to be the biggest uh, question yeah. mark right now. Yeah, this has just gone on too long for me now. And I've been reading too much. We've been texting back and forth with Sal so, mm-hmm. so much about this. I'm like, I got to stop reading these reports because I really don't know what to think anymore now. Um, because... I mean, I don't, I don't think Jack Campbell is worth like the five million dollars right now. With as much as he's, um, I guess, with the with what he's given us so far, with the amount of games that he's given us so, so far, I just don't think, and just his injury history, um, and I just don't think that he's like he's maybe. He's played well at the beginning of the season, but not so much at the end. It's almost like a repeat of Freddie sort of that way. Um, but mm-hmm. I just think like we, when you're looking at the at a, at a team, like you either need that stud defenseman, that number one guy, which we don't have. I mean, we have Morgan Riley, but he's, let's just say, a 1A. He's not a true like Norris Trophy winner or Norris Trophy right. candidate. But you either need that Norris Trophy candidate or you need like a Vesna candidate in goal if you don't have if your defense is very good but you just don't have that Victor Hedman or Kale McCarr uh, defenseman then you need somebody that is a really good goalie and for me I was thinking that would be John Gibson on Anaheim um, mm-hmm. and but then I started hearing the reason this is I was supposed to what I was supposed to do was prove to sell that it should be. On on, the, on this show, I was supposed to prove to sell or sell her on the fact that John Gibson should be our yes, goalie. Because but then because I'm not sold. Yeah, because she's not sold. But but then I heard that he. I'm not sold at his dollar. Yeah. Let's just say that. No, like that's if, that's to me that's just so expensive. It is. But the only way is if is if they um pay if Anaheim pays some of his salary. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If they if they keep some cash, yeah. um then then fine then then I could say that you know that's reasonable because you know there's there's a lot of you know he hasn't had the last two seasons weren't that great but he's been really good before that he's touted as the olympic um you know goalie for the u.s olympic team and he's Um, yeah he's only 28 
So, and he's I he's a proven number that, one. Not like in his current last season, he played fifty six games, and like I think we need that given that we don't, we really don't have anything in goal because we don't have a backup goalie no. either. Because I don't know Peter Mrazek. I don't want him. Um, well, they better be getting rid of that. That somehow they better be trading yeah. him. Yeah, but I have actually I have a feeling now that it actually and I really don't want this to happen, but I have a feeling it might be Matt Murray. I'm hearing. Oh, no. Yeah. And this is what bothers me. (laughs) I don't want that guy either. (laughs) This is what bothers me a little bit about Kyle Dubas and this Sault Ste. Marie connection connection and all this. Yeah, but there's also Sue connection with Robin Leonard. Yeah, which Mike Gagello in the last show was talking about, mm-hmm. but I don't know about that either. But I really don't know about Matt Murray. But apparently, like I've been hearing, like the Sens might buy him out, which would um, make him cheap, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and that maybe by doing that, like Justin Hall may go to the centers. I guess, like as a mm-hmm. as a thank you for that sort of thing, and. What the only thing I guess is like Matt Murray, ever since I guess his dad passed away uh, two or three years ago, and apparently he's never been the same like since that, it really affected him. And so I heard too, like how the Leafs have the um, that special uh, that coach Greg Harden, I think is his name, the uh, that he might be able to work with him um, when it comes to that, the mental aspect of the game. And, um, and maybe, but again, it's like, it's almost like a, it's a reclamation project again. And again, if, yeah. if you don't have a defense, like a solid Norris trophy that winning, can weather that, that can wither you need that somebody that can weather that. Yeah. And, or you don't have the goalie, like we need one stud in one of those positions. Right. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm thinking I would prefer to have. Gibson, who's a proven number one. And I mean, he'd obviously be playing behind a better team than what Anaheim. Anaheim's a young, young team getting better. But if he was here, he'd have a more veteran, veteran group in front of him that, uh, but yeah, so that's, it's just frustrating, I guess, because I don't know, like Dubas is um, like he's 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 really stuck with this core and i know that because of the pandemic we're kind of like we none of us expected it and like he expected the salary cap to be going up all the time and it hasn't but i don't know if he's done enough to try and adapt like and to like move on to whether it be trading i don't know if it's william nylander or if it's somebody else i don't know um just i i will never ever be uh for trading willie i mean yeah. i'm sorry there's there's no way there's no way because even even w- with willie what you see with what you get uh you know dr nylander <laughs> and mr willie yeah. you're getting 30 goals and just like I just again saying like I, like I, I was watching plays he's an amazing player yeah. and you're never going to get full value for what you're going to be missing with him never yeah I would rather go down with him yeah. than than get whatever scrap some but some team is going to throw at me well, for that for him they're gonna at least until we get to the point where you know we're going to lose him for nothing you know, if he, yeah. if it was in his final year of his deal, then maybe I'm I'm thinking differently. Mm-hmm. But not this year, not for uh, not for me. Yeah. Well, he's not going to do that anyways, and um, I don't know. There's just no, and he shouldn't. Uh, like he's already basically said that he, him, and and Shanahan are basically they're basically going down with this group the way it is built, and um, mm-hmm. uh, but. They also need not just the goaltending, which everyone's going on about. Um, if they also need a a good fourth line, right? Yes, and they do because they, they really don't have a fourth line any longer, um, <laughs> really. Uh, or they really didn't have one. They had a makeshift one all the time with parts going in and out. Whether and Jason Spets obviously is retired. I don't know what they're going to do with Simmons and. Um, I mean, Engvall played sometimes on the wing, but really he's not a fourth liner. He's like a third liner. Uh, Colin Blackwell yeah. came in, but I don't think they're going to re-sign him. Um, so at, with the UF, with free agency, I expect them to hopefully try and get um, 
remake that. Yeah, like to give more parts to Sheldon Keefe to actually build a fourth line because you saw how important in the Stanley Cup final that fourth line is, whether it's... For sure. Yeah, whether... And I honestly think that free agency is the best way for Dubas to build that because I do wonder when it comes down to the trade deadline, I, I really feel like uh, GMs or certain GMs don't want to deal with Toronto or or expect more coming back to them if they're dealing for, with Toronto. Oh, for sure. For whatever reason. Yeah, I know. Because I know we were in the Nick Paul sweepstakes, for example, and look what Tampa managed to get, get them for. I know that they asked for more from the Leafs for that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I I really feel like he doesn't get a fair shake when it comes to, to making those deals at the deadline uh, for players like that. So Yeah, a couple of, um, I guess, names that I heard for let's just say that might be like I don't know if he's actually a fourth line con- contender, but Max Domi, I've heard his name coming up. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'd actually want him here, um, but yeah, no, I'm kind of iffy there too. Yeah, but Ma- although we'd probably see Ty come out of the woodwork if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden he'll. I guess I bet he'll be giving out a few of those um, um, jerseys out to uh, the vets when they come in. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And wearing the alumni jacket, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't know, Max told me I don't think he'd fit in to the group the way it is no, now. I don't think and so. And Miles Wood is another one that's his name has come up from um I believe he was mm-hmm. with New Jersey, I think. I'll have to look it up. But um that's another name like for a fourth liner. But um I don't know the Well, I, I also I think too that this is probably where we're gonna see hopefully some progression from the Marlies as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're those some of those guys are maybe gonna fight for for those those spots as well. That's kind of that's that's where, you know, Tampa got some of their um um you know, those players from through their development also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Miles Wood was with New Jersey. And um but yeah, like you're saying, like we were like we were talking in our last show that Bobby McMahon. Um mm-hmm. and uh there was with one other player that you were talking about. Oh, um Steves, Alex Steves as well. Mm-hmm. Down on the Marley. So yeah, we're hoping at least a couple of those uh and of course Nick Robertson um for coming maybe onto the even the second line, I guess, because we need we need a replacement, obviously, for Mikheyev. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, I don't know. It's going <laughs> to it's kind of like it's concerning, but um, we there's no news. So we might as well just keep on waiting. And uh, hopefully by the end of this week with the draft and uh, some answers uh, will come from Kyle Dubas and company there. But mm-hmm. there is something actually to feel good about, which was which was a lot of fun doing this part of it. Moving on to this, um, that for Leaf fans that we can feel good about is Austin Matthews winning the Hart Trophy as league MVP. And Woo-hoo! yes, and the Ted Lindsay Award, uh, the award yeah, which is given out for the most ex- outstanding player and is voted on by the players. And, of course, he also won the Rocket Richard Trophy for scoring the most goals in the league, 60 goals this season. And that it was just a phenomenal year for, for AM34. I mean, I don't know. What did you think? Did you – you saw the show the, or parts of the yeah, show? Yeah, the, I, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't think there was enough – fanfare or like for no i know it was kind of it was like low-key i don't know it was a weird vibe yeah it was a weird vibe yeah but anyways they tried (laughs) i feel bad for keenan because he was trying to you know i I just the even the crowd that was there they were just very just it was very low-key like you said yeah but uh, yeah and uh, i don't um, know austin looked fit and tan though (laughs) yeah for sure it's like he's been on the golf course a lot he's like so so tan oh yeah no he's looking uh, very relaxed and everything i think it's just so dumb the way they keep going on about his choice of attire i'm just like you know what the guy's like 24 years old yeah let him wear what he wants to wear. He looked perfectly anyway. fine, right? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it was just funny though. And he, he showed his personality definitely in the interview afterwards when, when the media yeah. was asking that and, and good on him to just say, like, basically he wore whatever, whatever they told him he was allowed to wear. That's what he wore. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, he had a, he had a tremendous year and, 
Um, I just think that I think the Leafs too could have maybe done a little bit more hype, but I don't understand. Maybe because of the whole. Yeah, I agree with that. It's my, you know why I think it's because the playoff thing. Like I know that Gary Bettman, yes, yeah. Gary Bettman doesn't like it when teams take attention away from the Stanley Cup. Oh, that's true. So too. I, I yeah. really think that that is why there was like very little fanfare and there was not much response uh, from the Leafs on that yeah. because of the fact that it is during the playoffs, mm-hmm. because I know that Bettman really doesn't like that when they take attention away from the Stanley yeah. Cup and the Stanley Cup final. Because, I mean, it's been it's unbelievable. It's been 67 years since a Maple Leaf has won the Hart Trophy. So it's I like... Know. How do you not? Well, I don't know. How do you not? Let's hope that 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 when uh, we're probably going to celebrate it at the start of the next season. That's probably what they'll do. And they should make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, they should. I mean, there's it's like to have a player like this on our team, like it's it's like phenomenal, like what he's what he's accomplished so far and only at 24. No, I know. And and I and I don't think I honestly don't think Leafs Nation really celebrates it enough. No, like, I don't, I don't either. Know. I think that they they deserve so much more uh, hype and response and celebration uh, from the fans even. I mean, he's appreciative of the fans. He's, he's said so many, many times. Yes, yeah. But I think that he deserves even more. And honestly, if they wait to do it at the beginning of the season and we're lucky enough to be in the building on that night when they do it, I actually can't wait for that because yeah. that's going to be, it's going to feel great it's gonna feel to be great. able to, yeah. to uh, celebrate him. Oh yeah. In person. Yeah. And this is what I was saying before earlier when we were talking about the t-shirts, uh, I guess, and Naz's t-shirts, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know, like you remember, obviously we, at Back in the day at the gardens, like with Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark, like anytime any any they did anything that was like record setting, like there was always a t-shirt mm-hmm. like made for and we have so many of them still. Like we've Yeah, we have a basically a wardrobe <laughs> yeah. made out of that stuff. Yeah. And it's <laughs> the other night I was looking on I don't know, I was just I just put pulled up Austin Matthews. I Googled Austin Matthews 60 goals and I'm like, and I found for the first time on fanatics i think it was yes fanatics.com mm-hmm. they had a 60 gold t-shirt of austin Matthews. oh right on but you know how much it is it was no. it's like 57 dollars. i'm like oh my god for a t-shirt. i'm like wow. yeah for a t-shirt mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. why like it's 60 was it a dollar per goal <laughs> pretty much oh. i'm surprised they didn't make it 60 yes. based on that but i thought it's a, like maybe they made it 57 so that you felt like you were getting a deal i don't know because it i wasn't was 60 i couldn't believe that it was that much money because i thought to myself oh that's kind of cool it's the first time i saw some sort of i was excited because it's the first time i saw some sort of like leaf garb or whatever to to buy to do with his 60 goals right and whereas we used to see it all the time when somebody's when Dougie got like yeah. the most points, remember the the ninety three and ninety three, yeah, all that, right? Like there, it was immediately in the stores. You could always find mm-hmm. something, and we have it all in our in our wardrobe. Like well, you, you know said. what, Chris? Yeah. you know what that means. We need to make our own. Then, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, speaking of all this greatness of Austin Matthews, it's the perfect segue to our very first patio season edition of the Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. We've picked our top three Austin Matthews career highlight reel moments. Let's roll it. All right. So coming in at number three, this game came in the next next gen game on December 23rd, 2019 versus the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in an up and down game where the Leafs gave up a three nothing lead and were down five to three. The floodgates were opened in, in our favor in the third when AM 34 gained the zone. Knowing he had Mitch coming down on the wing with a head of speed, Matthews makes a ridiculous spinorama pass to Marner for a one-timer. And incidentally, this beautiful pass also helped Mitch end a 10-game goalless drought at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Austin gets enough pub for the the his playmaking abilities and this is one play that was an incredible play uh, to help a teammate uh, get a goal. And uh, okay. yeah, like 
I couldn't watch it enough. It's an <laughs> it incredible goal. Yeah, that was, and that really they they ended up winning that game, and Mitch had a hell of a game that that night also. So, and that was um, like it was a, pretty. Awesome. I looked at the final score of that game because I remember that. Yeah. was I think I believe that was their the first next gen game that they ever had. Yes, it right? was. Yeah, I remember, and it was a very fun night. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so next gen games are for the kids uh, mostly, just so that our. In case some of our listeners might not know that, but uh, it's for the next generation of of, of fans, young fans, um, and yeah, to have the final score is eight to six. A lot of goals is obviously going to attract mm-hmm. the attract the fans. That's what we want to see and have fun. But that spinorama move that he did, and it was like tape to tape pass too. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was it was unbelievable. So yeah, that's a good choice for our number three. So let's go on to number two. And that was a historic night just recently, actually, a couple of months ago, April 7th, 2022, versus the Dallas Stars. We're actually going to lump together goal number 55, which great breaks Rick Rye's record, and goal number six, 56 to put the icing on the cake to actually break the record. So number 55 was a bullet, an AM34 special, a one-timer from right in his wheelhouse to break a record that has stood for 40 years, which is unbelievable. And if that wasn't enough. He also scores the overtime winner, uh, taking the puck on a drop from Nylander, blows it past everybody, gets gets Dallas's goalie Wedgwood to commit with a, and with a power move to his forehand scores for the win and number goal number 56. And the Selly, of course, on that one we've talked about before was also spectacular. But um, yeah, I just I just thought there wasn't enough. Again, I just thought there wasn't enough hype for by the organization when he broke Rick Vive's record. Um, it was a mm-hmm. huge moment. Mm-hmm. I thought they should have given a bit more credit to Rick Vive too, um, or, or, Definitely. or involved him a little bit more during that time. Um, but it, it, I think it's because I remember back in the day when Rick Vive set the record, scoring the 50 goals, I guess, hitting the 50 goal mark, he... Um, like the city was, that's all there was. It was a different time. It was the 80s. But um, yeah, that's true. Right. So but but I compared it to that and I just thought that we, they could have done a little bit more. And um, but it's it's a record that that Austin Matthews broke that was held for about 40 years. And it, it was truly unbelievable. Those uh, those two goals. It's too bad he didn't do it at home. Right. But yeah, um, that would have been nice. It would have been nice. But yeah, that's definitely deserving of spot number two. Mm hmm. For sure, for sure, and like like we said, the celebration. I just, I just, yeah, that. that's yeah. kind of Where becoming goes, one of his signature moves. Yeah, <laughs> going across with his arms open across yeah. the crowd. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just a big hug for everyone. Yeah. All right, so our number one highlight, our number one Austin Matthews highlight. So while there have been many amazing Austin Matthews highlights in the past six seasons. And I might add, it was extremely difficult to narrow these these plays down. It was so hard to do. Um, the one that has to top them all uh, came on opening night on October 12th, 2016 versus the Ottawa Senators. Uh, while the Leafs would go on to lose that game, unfortunately for us fans, I, I kind of feel like it was a foreshadowing of the spectacle that would come uh, that we would come to expect game in and game out. Um, the goals just seemed to pour in that night one after another from every angle. And he even dangled Eric Carlson, leaving him looking like a fool. Uh, in the end, he would pot full goal, four goals that night, making him the first player in the modern era to accomplish that feat. It was a very special opening night for an incredibly special player. Yeah. Um, yeah I, again, I, I, I watched that highlight reel um, moment of that goal. And it was just, it was unbelievable how he, he took the puck around two other players. First, the first player was Hoffman. I think the other Sens player was uh, Nick Paul, I think. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but, uh, but then the move he made on Carlson, Carlson just, he was just taking his time there along the boards. And by the time you knew it, the puck was gone and and Matthews was gone with it. Um, so yeah, it was it was just an unbelievable moment for that. Uh, and I remember too, the whole thing, how the league was uh, all like other players around the league, like Patrick Kane, who Austin Matthews mm-hmm. looked up to a lot, uh, how like they were looking 
at the game, um, I guess from Chicago. Uh, they were watching yeah. watching it because he was uh, setting that well, it record. Well, was, it was the only game on yeah. that night. So the whole the whole world, the whole NHL world was focused on this one game. Yeah. So yeah, and to have and I just loved how they kept showing his parents too in the in the uh, his mom in particular. Uh, it was just yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was just insane. And then uh, I believe it was Craig Anderson who asked uh, Matthews at the time too. He got him to sign the stick after the game. Yeah. <laughs> Though you rarely would see a goaltender, I think, that got scored on four times like that, um, and where it's historical, basically, moment mm-hmm. uh, that way to. But uh, that was kind of cool. I thought too it was kind of fun. But um, but yeah, those are our three. Highlight real moments, and like you said, there's so many um, from his career, and, and it's in it. Oh, and I mean, I think the best is still yet to come, if you can oh, believe yeah. that. So, yeah, he's only 24. Um, yeah, I think that we're so special, we're so lucky to have this player on our team and get to watch him every night. So, yeah, that's for sure. So, continuing on with the theme of great accomplishments for our third period, we're going to talk about and highlight women who are finally getting promoted to NHL jobs in management and development roles. Yeah. So, um, you know, last time we spoke about women in the game on our show was way back in May of 2020. And I have to say, there's been quite a bit of development when it comes to women being hired by NHL teams and the league as a whole. Uh, ever since Haley Wickenheiser got hired by the Leafs back in 2018, it seems that it opened the eyes of other organizations to see that win- women are more than qualified and can offer a different perspective on the game. Yeah, so some of our listeners probably know that uh, there's a few men- women who are well-known in the hockey world. They have been hired recently by NHL teams. So, for example, Cami Granato, uh, who was formerly with, with the Seattle Kraken as a scout, but has now been hired along with Emily Castonguay, uh, for with by the Vancouver Canucks as assist, assistant GMs. And we're going to talk about a few more women who might not be as well-known around the hockey world, but are making strides for women having... Uh, landed some prominent roles within the NHL. Yeah, so the first um, woman we're going to highlight here is Aisha Visram, who's the head athletic trainer for the LA Kings AHL affiliate Ontario Reign. And on January 13, 2022, she got, she got called up to be a trainer for the LA King, Kings game uh, versus the Pittsburgh Penguins because uh, they had a COVID issue at the time. So, um, yeah, she got called up and was behind the bench of the L.A. Kings as 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 an assistant trainer, which was (laughs) unbelievable. I guess she wasn't actually the first athletic trainer to uh, first woman athletic trainer to be um, called up as behind the bench of an NHL team. But uh, that went to Jody Van Reese, which was behind she was behind the Montreal Canadiens bench in 2002 but what I couldn't believe is that's 20 years 20 years that it took to get another woman to get behind the bench um Mm. for for a woman to get behind the bench but um yeah and she and she said um she's kind of right saying how it's kind of disappointing how much attention her getting this opportunity to work behind the bench because it's like you would hope it wouldn't just be because she's a woman. Um, but, um, yeah, so she just said that it's 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 clearly been too long, obviously. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's totally agreeable. But it's great for, uh, I think, for young girls and women in the game um, or trying to get into the game to see that if she can, if if this girl can do it or woman can do it, like they can do it too. So they there's some um it's helping aspirations basically of of girls and and women who are who are trying to to get into the like hockey jobs whether it be in the NHL. But she I mean she worked to get there too, right? She was um she's from Toronto. 100%. Yeah, she's from <laughs> Toronto, which is, uh, she's from our hometown here. And she worked her way up the ranks just like anybody else. So uh she she was a athletic trainer for NCAA athletes. Uh, and then he, she went to the ECHL and now the N- the AHL. Um, and hopefully one day she'll move into the uh, NHL on a, on a full-time basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why it's, it's important definitely that we give these women props because, 
more everybody talks about them, the next next the next thing you know, it won't be it won't be as big news as it is now. Yeah. So it'll just be another great hire by a smart NHL team. Yeah, and with her so, with her too, the her parents are from Africa originally. So mm-hmm. um just some backstory that I read on her. So like when they came to Canada, they immediately they wanted to, I guess get in with the culture and and so they decided to start watching hockey and basically that's how they she became a fan and um and it really i guess the way she said representation matters to like seeing somebody who looks like you doing something you want to do it helps you believe yeah, absolutely that's what that's what uh, Aisha Visram uh, said in one of the articles so good on her and we hope to see her uh, behind an NHL bench on a full-time basis soon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And very, it would be very deserving. So another woman uh, that just got recently made history um, by being hired as the first full-time video coach for the Washington Capitals is Emily Engel Natsky. Uh, and she is the first, first woman to hold this full-time position on an NHL coaching staff. So that's actually very, very huge. And it's it just goes to show you that um, there's more and more uh, women, like we were talking about um, a little bit earlier, um, that are interested in, in the details of the game in the same way that, you know, boys growing up or men would be also. And you can't even um, discount that, you know, like just because uh, – you know, with video game play, for example, people playing um, NHL on EA Sports, there's just as many girls playing that as, as boys. No, so for sure. from that springs this interest in a lot of ways as well. And so um, basically, this is a very recent hire by the uh, Washington Capitals. And sh- and so she is going to be taking over that position. Yeah. Um, she says that she never really looked at herself um, through this lens of, you know, whether being a woman or whatever, and she wouldn't have wanted it to be that big a deal. But, you know, she thinks that it's, it's, it's very much an honor and she's happy that she's the first and ho- hopes that this opens the door for other people who want to get into this job in this profession as well. Yeah. And um, Emily is 31 years old. Um, and again, she worked her way up through the ranks, just like everybody else, uh, started in 2013. Um, and the last two years she spent it with the AHL uh, Hershey Bears. So, um, yeah, she credited Tony Granado, uh, who helped to push her towards this goal of reaching the NHL while she was a video coach at the University of Wisconsin, where she uh, was the video coach for both men's and women's hockey. So, so yeah, it's great to to see in these. There's so many different roles in the NHL. Um, yeah, now more than ever, yeah, really, that are that are available or, or could be opening up, and and it should be available to anyone basically as long as you're qualified and these two women um have have both definitely uh shown the qualifications and and done the hard work to to deserve where where they are and um there was a the interesting stat again we were just uh i guess before we came on on the air here with uh women in the nhl the nhl did some research recently and um, apparently 37% of hockey fans are now female, which is a 26% growth in the demographic, in the demographics since 2016. And of course we're part of that, right? And <laughs> we've been, mm-hmm. me and still have been long, long time been a part of it, but, um, and it's something I guess to, um, like because of that growing demographic of, of the female hockey fan, like, and just females in general trying to trying to work their way into careers um, in hockey. Um, The NHL really has to, like they've been trying to promote the game and, and do different things to promote the game to the female fan or the female demographic. Um, And it's something that, that we should be proud of that they're actually recognizing this finally. And um, definitely long overdue. For sure. Long overdue. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's just great to see the growth uh, of women in important roles throughout the NHL. But of course, there's still 
plenty of work to do, that's for sure. And the Leafs also have plenty of work to do. Uh, and Kyle Dubas, and it starts this week at the draft. Um, I'm hearing now that the Leafs are probably going to keep their pick at number 25, whereas before we thought they might move down or try and maybe move up or whatever, like to, but now I'm hearing they're going to keep their pick. So, and it's funny though, because it's been seven seasons since the Leafs have picked a Canadian player at the draft, hmm. which is quite interesting as well. I, that I is interesting. Yeah, seven seasons. So I don't know if it's going to change this season, but, um, but we'll see. Well, I mean, I'm hearing different picks, like different predictions all across the board. Yeah. So like like we said, this is a very, very uh, deep draft. So honestly, I don't really think anybody really knows. Yeah. Even the top pick <laughs> might not go to who, who it should go to. So yeah. um, there's a lot of speculation. So we'll see. So and of course, after the draft is free agency, which opens on July 13th. And hopefully the Leafs goaltending question will be a little at least a little bit more clear after that. And of course, if there's any really big news in the next few weeks, we will be on it with a bonus episode during our patio season. Yeah, and in the meantime, you can keep up to date on the Leafs by following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. And a reminder to be sure to leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of our show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get exposure as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And also be sure to check out our website, ladiestalkingleafs.com. You can find out more about us and our show there. And we also have a blog section with book reviews related to the Leafs. And right now we have reviews on books featuring Wendell Clark and Rick Vive. So if you're looking for some summer reading material, you can check that out. And as always, before we go, we want to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. And we'll be talking to you again in August. So for now, go, go Leafs, Leafs go! go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.